Grab your Bible this morning and stand with me as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of Psalm, the 144th division of the Psalm and reading verse number 3. Psalm 144 and verse number 3. And while you are turning there this morning and getting ready, let me remind you there are sermon notes on the back of your bulletin that you can fill in the blanks and it'll help you stay focused and also give you a little something to take home with you this morning. Psalm 144 and verse number 3. The psalmist David writes, talking to God, and he says, Lord, what is man that you take knowledge of him? Or the son of man that you are mindful of him? Lord, what is man that you take knowledge? Why in the world would you be interested in man, he's saying. Or the son of man that you are mindful or you take notice of him. This morning I want to talk to you for a few moments about matters that matter to God. Matters that matter to God. Father, we thank you that, Lord, that you indeed are a personal God that is interested and involved and concerned with the matters of man. And Father, I just pray that you'll help us today to understand and recognize and realize this today. And Father, may we involve you in every matter of our life. Lord, you're anointing to be uh, fresh and strong and powerful today, we ask in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. For some people, and I believe even for some Christians, God is is far removed from their everyday lives. They view him as unreachable and unattainable and and unconcerned with them as individuals. Some people view God as too far away, too too far above them and far too busy and far too important to ever be aware of or, or ever be interested in their little old life. Truth of the matter is, this morning, God is so interested in the affairs of man that he actually became one. I said, God is is so interested in the affairs of man that that he actually became one in the life of, of Jesus Christ, his son. He did this in order to better understand man and to be able to identify with man. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, Jesus understands our weaknesses because he faced all of the same testings that we do, and yet he did not sin. My entire message today can be summed up in my next statement. Are you ready for it? Here it is. Anything that matters to us matters to God. I want to say that again this morning. Anything that matters to us matters to God. And that's the entire jest of this message today. So shall we stand for the benediction? Just kidding. Let's talk about some matters this morning that matter to God. Let me suggest first of all this morning that major matters matter to God. Major matters matter to God. God is interested and God is concerned about the big, giant things that are going on in all of our lives. How about family matters? 
Let me ask you this question this morning. Are you interested in your family? Do you care about the wants and the needs and the concerns of your family? Do you like to be included in the events? Do you like to know what's going on in the, in the lives of, of your children? Let me ask you this morning, would it bother you if your child had cancer and, and they told everybody but you? Would that bother you? What if your child got, a, got this big promotion on their job and, and everybody knew about it and there was this big giant celebration celebrating their incredible, uh, uh, beautiful, wonderful uh, promotion on their job and, and, and everybody was celebrating and everybody was involved. But you? Would that bother you? Would you have a problem with that? What if your child lost their job and, and they were losing their house and your grandkids were about to be homeless and everybody knew about it, but everybody but you? Would that bother you? Which matters matter to God? Major matters. Major matters matter. Family matters matters to Him. Let's, let's look in the book of Matthew chapter number 7 this morning. The book of, of Matthew chapter number 7. Let's read verses 9 through 11. Matthew chapter 7 verse 9 through 11. Jesus said, What man is there among you who, if his son would ask for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish, would he give, and he would give him a serpent? Jesus said, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, then how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? The Bible tells us that God is our heavenly Father, and as a Father, He cares about His children. And I understand that for a lot of people, because you had an absentee father, or maybe perhaps even worse, you had an abusive father. And because of this, you have, you have a problem. You have trouble seeing God as your father. Because, because all you know about a father is your earthly father was a constant source of pain and heartache and disappointment for you. And when we talk about God being our heavenly father, you have a... You have a hard time. Well, for you this morning, you need to think about the father that you always wanted. The father you always wanted. The father you always dreamed of having. Hear me this morning. Your heavenly father will be the, will be the father that you never had, but always wanted. Hallelujah. Proverbs 27 and, or Psalms 27 and 10. Oh, the psalmist writes, If my father and my mother abandon me, then the Lord... He will take care of me. Family matters matter to God. When Hannah, oh, when she could not conceive, she prayed to God and God opened her womb and gave her a son. When Abraham and Sarah were childless, God did the same for them. Family matters so much to God that, that, that he, gave, he gave the family a manual about family life. 
This book tells husbands and wives how they ought to treat one another. This book tells parents how to raise their kids. Oh, it tells kids how they ought to treat their parents and how they ought to treat their grandparents. I'm telling you that family matters matter to God. What are some of the major matters that matter to God? How about financial matters? Financial matters. Pastor, Pastor, are you saying that God is interested in my financial situation? Are you kidding? Did you know that Jesus had more to say about finances than he did about heaven and hell combined? Did you know that God's Word is filled with financial advice and filled with financial principles? Let me tell you something. If you preach the Bible, you're going to talk about money. I said if the preacher preaches the Bible, he's going to be preaching often, amen, about finances because the Bible is filled, amen, with principles. It's filled with commands. It's filled with advice. Jesus said more about money, more about finances than he did about heaven and hell combined. Let me remind you, I've I've shared this with you before, but let me remind you, this is something you need to be reminded of quite often. Let me remind you of the four things that that God's Word says that we ought to do with our money. God is interested. He, he, He cares. Amen. Our financial matters matter to Him. And therefore, He told us what we ought to do about our financial matters. Four things God's Word says we ought to do with our money. Number one, the Bible says that we ought to sow some. The Bible said we ought to sow some of our money. The Bible calls it tithe and offering. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 through 12. I'm just going to give you the, give you the scripture. I'm not going to take time to go through these this morning, but in Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 through 12, it talks about the tithe. And it talks about bringing the tithe. And we understand that the tithe is the first 10% of our income. And the Bible says that we are to bring the first 10% of our income, our first fruits, the tithe. We are to bring them to the house of God and offer them unto the Lord. What are we to do with our money? We're to sow some of it. We sow it through our tithe. And then also through our offering in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 6, it talks about the offering. After we have tithed, then we ought to give some offering. And the Bible says there that if we will sow bountifully, we will reap bountifully. So what should we do with our money? The Bible says, number one, we should sow some. Number two, the Bible tells us that we ought to save some. After we've sowed, after we've tithe and given our offering after we've sowed the first fruit of our income, then we ought to save some. We ought to give God money first and ourselves money second. We should save some. A couple of scriptures, there are many, but a couple of them. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6 through 11. And then the book of Ecclesiastes chapter number 11. And verse number 2 are some scriptures that the Bible tells us about money that we ought to save some. And the Bible says in these scriptures how our savings ought to be done. The Bible says that our savings ought to be diversified. 
The Bible says that our savings should be diversified. Grandpa called it not putting all of our eggs in one basket. Where did he get that? Was Grandpa that smart? No. Grandpa got it from the Bible. That's what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter number 11 and verse 2 that everything in our finances ought to be divided by seven or even by eight. We shouldn't put all of our eggs in one basket. Amen? You got all your money in one stock. You're not very wise. Aren't you glad you didn't have all your money in Enron? Maybe you did. But if the people that lost multiplied millions in Enron stock, if they'd had some of it in Enron and some of it in something else and something else and some other uh, kind of financial vehicle, they would not have lost everything they had. Amen. The Bible says not only should we save some, but it tells us how we ought to save it. Our savings should be diversified. Some of our savings should be easily accessible. Easily accessible. Money set aside. Money that we have. Dave Ramsey calls it an emergency fund. I promise you, you're going to have an emergency. So it's nice when you have an emergency fund. So some of our savings ought to be set aside in a vehicle or in a place that is easily accessible where we can get to it. Amen. So when we have a flat tire or we have a, 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 a wreck or, 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 you know, we, it's time to put new tires on the car, whatever that the emergency is, uh, that we have money there set aside to take care of it. Not all of it should be that. Some of it should be invested in a place where we cannot get to it very easily or maybe where we cannot get to it at all. And we should leave this money alone, actually adding to it and then leaving it alone so that it can grow well for us over the years so that when we are no longer able to work, amen, there will be money saved, there will be money set aside to take care of us when we are no longer able to work. What does the Bible say we ought to do with our money? It says we ought to sow some. It says we ought to save some. You'll like this one. Finally, the Bible says we ought to spend some. <laughs> Just this past Wednesday night in, in, in the financial class, uh, we were talking and, and somebody, one of our members uh, went through this, what I'm saying right now, and said, when pastor said that, there was a light that went on inside of me. And man, that really, really helped me. I said, don't tell anybody because I'm going to say it again Sunday. <laughs> you know, I've got people that love to catch me saying something over so, you know, like there's something wrong with it. Come on, folks, that's the way we learn. The Bible says we ought to spend some Ecclesiastes. You'll write this one down, I'm sure. Actually, it's written down for you in your notes. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 18 and 19. Again, not taking time to read it this morning, but the Bible says, and the wisdom writer said that we ought to enjoy our income. We ought to enjoy our finances. That we ought to enjoy our life. What do we do with our money? Well, you know, after we've sowed some and... and uh, after we have saved some, then we get to spend some. Say some. <laughs> we get to spend some. We, we, we have to eat. You can't survive if you don't eat, so you got to buy groceries. you got to have a roof over your head. you got to have a place to live. You've got to have a transportation in our mobile society. Oh, you need clothes to wear. Some of you need to put a few more on. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you need to have a little bit of fun in your life. Man, you need to have a little bit of fun in your life. It's all right to go out and eat every once in a while if the bills are paid and there's money in the bank and the Lord is taken care of. It's okay to have a little bit of recreation in your life. Amen. If you've honored God and you've set aside stuff for you and your, and your retirement and, and, and your golden years, it's okay. Amen. And you've, you've taken care of the necessities of, uh, of your life. It's okay to have a little bit of fun. It's okay to have a little recreation. It's okay to take a few days off and it's okay. You can spend some. The Bible says we need to do that. What's the fourth thing the Bible says? Not Pastor Benson. What does the Bible say? The fourth thing we ought to do with our, our, our money, according to the Bible, is we ought to share some. Share some. Proverbs 19 and 17, as well as 1 John chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, tells us that we ought to share some of what we have with others that don't have. But too many people are like me and my brother was when we were just kids. Sibling rivalry was very much alive and well in our house. One of my brothers is just 11 months and 16 days older than me. And we competed in everything. Sports, girlfriends, you name it. He couldn't compete with me in looks, but everything else, we... I mean, we competed in everything. And we took great delight if one of us had something and we knew that our brother didn't have it. If I had some candy and, and Dennis didn't have any candy, man, I would, I would go where he's at and I'd unwrap that candy and I'd say, look what I got. And I'd lick it. Mmm, this is good candy. Or I, I'd take a bite of, oh, that's good candy. Man, this is some of the best candy I ever had in my life. Would you like to have some? His eyes would bug out, his tongue would hang down to his chin. Yeah! Can't have any. Oh, pastor, that, that's terrible. Yeah, that's terrible. Pastor, where did you learn that? From him! I learned it from him. He's the big brother. That's the way he treated me. And too many people are like me and my brother were his kids. They clutch their possessions holding them so tight that their knuckles turn white. They have more than they need and yet they're not willing to share with others who don't have anything. We should share some of what we have with others. Talking about matters that matter to God. Financial matters matter to God. He cares and He's concerned about our financial matters. When Elijah was hiding from King Ahab, God sent him to the brook Kirith and there God sent him by special delivery ravens to feed him. 
When a seven-year famine was in their future, God gave Joseph a plan of storing up grain for their survival. When the IRS bill came in, Jesus sent His disciples fishing and they caught a goldfish. Psalm 23 and 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Philippians 4.19, My God shall supply all of your need according unto His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Some of you are really struggling financially right now. Financial problems, oh, financial problems affect just about every part of our life. It's hard on marriages. Number one cause for divorce today is financial problems. It's hard on our health because of the worry and the stress that comes with it. It's even hard on our self-worth as we get down on ourselves because we are not able to provide for the ones that we love. It's even hard on us spiritually as we eventually start doubting God and doubting His ability to supply our needs. No wonder, no wonder Jesus talked about finances more than He did about heaven and hell combined. No wonder the Bible is filled with principles and filled with advice on financial matters. Amen? Instead of getting mad at the preacher for talking about money, you ought to be thankful you got one that will. Jesus did. Amen? Amen. Jesus did. Amen. Hear me this no, don't hear me this morning. Hear God today. Hear God today. Your financial matters matter to Him. His word is still true. He's still able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or all that we could ever think. Let's look at one of my favorite verses, favorite passages of Scripture in the book of Matthew, chapter 6 and verse 25. The words of Jesus, Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 25. Jesus said, I say to you, do not worry about your life. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink. Don't worry about your body, what you're going to put on. It's not your life more than food and your body more than clothing. Jesus said, hey, just take a look at the birds of the air. They, don't either, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And besides all that, Jesus said, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Yet I say to you that even Solomon and all... No, I'm sorry, verse 28. So why do you worry then about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. They, they, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon all of his glory was not arrayed like one of them. And so if God clothes the grass of the field that today is here and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will He not much more clothe you, oh, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what am I going to eat or what am I going to drink or what am I going to wear? Because all of these things the Gentiles seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Instead, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And if you'll do that, then all of these things will be added unto you. We're talking about the matters that matter to God. Major matters matter to God. Family matters, financial matters. How about, how about just frustrating matters? Frustrating matters. There are many things in life that bring frustration into our lives. And these frustrating matters matter. To God. 
People who, who don't keep their word to us become a very frustrating matter. Bad decisions made by our boss or maybe even a little closer to home, bad decisions made by our mate can produce some very frustrating matters. When poor planning by the wedding planner resulted in a very embarrassing situation by running out of wine, Jesus became involved in this very frustrating matter and the Bible said that He turned water into wine in order to solve this matter. You find that in John chapter 2. Yes, friend, even the even frustrating matters matter to God. As a father, the things that, that frustrated my kids when they were growing up, they also frustrated me. I must admit that I, I had my talks with the coaches <laughs> when my kids weren't getting... Playing time. I also had talks with my kids when their attitudes were bad or when I felt they were in the wrong. And I was there for them to cry or vent or pout to when they were experiencing frustrating matters in their lives. Jesus said that if an earthly father is interested in the matters of his earthly children, then how much more is your heavenly father interested in the matters of his children? Once again this morning, how anything that matters to us matters to God. Major matters matter to God. Not only do major matters matter to God, but minor matters, minor matters matter to God. How many of you understand the difference between what's major and what's minor? Yeah, if it's happening to us, it's major. If it's happening to someone else, it's minor. Let's look at a couple of minor matters that matter to God. How about individual matters? Individual matters. Psalm 20 and 4, the psalmist said, May He grant you, say you. May He grant you according unto your heart's desire and fulfill all of your purpose. He said again in Psalm 21 and 2, You have, you have given Him, talking to God, You have given Him His heart's desire. And have not withheld the request of his lips. And Psalm 34 and 15 says that the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. God is interested in our individual matters. He's not just interested in mankind as a whole. He's not just interested in mankind as a mass or a group. But he is interested and he wants to be involved in the individual Matters of man. I have a son and I have a daughter. And both my son and my daughter both have the same mother and the same father. And they were raised in the same home. And they were raised with the same principles, the same rules, the same guidelines, the same instruction. And yet they are very, very different. People, anybody, well, I understand one's a 
male, one's a female, but besides that, they are, they, they are so different. They have different personalities, they have different strengths, they have different weaknesses, they have different needs and different desires and different preferences. And I don't treat them the same. I hear parents all the time saying, I I treat all my kids the same. Why? They're not the same. You missed Parenting 101. (laughs) Parenting is not one size fits all. And that's the problem. In a lot of families, is that their parenting is one size fits all. Well, I treat them all alike. Well, that's your first mistake. I'm just trying to help you. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to help you. I don't treat my my children the same. I don't treat them just alike. Parenting is not a one size fits all. Although they are both members of the same family, they are polar opposites. And they possess unique and individual strengths, weaknesses, needs, and desires. And as a father, I I don't father my kids as a whole. I don't father my kids as a group. I father them individually. This one needs this from me, while this other one needs something else. God has a lot of kids, but He knows each and every one of them individually. And what matters to, what matters a whole lot to one kid means absolutely nothing to another. And God knows what matters to us individually, and what matters to us matters to Him. Let me give you a couple of examples of individual matters this morning. I'm thinking back several years, many years ago now when I was pastoring in another city. I had some ranchers that came to my church. And one of the men that came to my church, he was a rancher and, and they had a lot of horses and, and, and he had a little, a couple of boys, but he had a little boy and this little boy in my church, he loved horses and, and, and every time that the mare would have a, have a foal, the, the, the dad would give the son the little colt, giving him a colt and he was supposed to raise that colt and all of that. Three times in a row, when that little boy was expecting to receive a little colt to raise, the little colt died. Three times in a row. And one day, the little boy, he was just a little boy. Can you remember how old he was, honey? He was just a little boy. And one day, the little boy said to his mama after he lost his third little colt, he said, Mama, he was serious as he could be. He said, Mama, when pastor dedicates babies, they don't die. Mama, would pastor dedicate my colt? And his mama talks to me and says, Pastor, I know this is a little bit out of the ordinary, and I, I know this might seem a little bit you know, funny or a little bit odd or whatever, but she told me the story of losing the three colts and, and what little Johnny, and that's really what his name was, what little Johnny said. She said, what do you think, Pastor? I said, I think I better dedicate that colt. <laughs> now, I had a little problem getting that colt in my arm. 
I didn't do that. But I did anoint that little colt with oil and pray for that little colt and say what you will. That little colt didn't die. I'm telling you that God is interested not only in the big, gigantic matters of our life, but even those individual matters that matter, they don't matter maybe to anybody else, but they matter to us. But if they matter to us, they matter to God. I've told you the story of how after my wife and I were married and a few years into our marriage and we were trying to have a, have a baby and we couldn't have a baby and we didn't know what was wrong and finally I went to the doctor and finally the doctor told me what no man ever wants to hear from a doctor and the doctor said you will not ever father a child. There's not one in a million chances of you ever being the father of a child. You better start looking to, to adopt. Well, we weren't against adoption, but, you know, we wanted our own flesh and blood. And so we just started praying. And my mom and dad started praying. And my wife's mother prayed. And our, you know, church prayed. And everybody, everybody prayed. And sure enough, sure enough, Chad Michael Benson came into the world. A miracle, baby. And after Chad, you know, was growing a little bit, we, we did like most parents. We, you know, we want to add to our family. And, and so we wanted to have another baby. And again, one in a million chance for me. You know, God gave me a miracle. Will He give me two? But not only did I want God to give me two, but I, I wanted to name the sex of that baby. I said, I want a little girl. And my father, being the great man of God and great man of faith that he is, said, Ain't going to happen, son. All miracle babies in the Bible are boys. I said, but I want a little girl. I've got a little boy. And, and, and in all honesty, I would have been thrilled with, with another boy. Been thr- but I've got a boy. Now I need a girl. I need a little baby girl to round out our, our family. And so not only did I ask God for for another miracle. And that's not a minor thing for God to give me a miracle and give me another child. But, but it might be a little minor, you know, to say, hey, not only do I, you know, while you're doing this miracle, Lord, you know, uh, uh, I, I want this one to be a girl. <laughs> and guess who came along? Christa Ray. Benson. Now, if I'd only known then what I know now. (laughs) Individual matters, matters to God. He loves to give us the very desires of our heart just as a parent loves to see the expression on their child's face at Christmas when that child opens that one special present that they wanted so much and they begged for and pleaded for and and told us what they wanted so many, many times. Oh, and we just love it when we see their eyes light up when they open that present. So our Heavenly Father loves to involve Himself in these individual and, and most intimate matters of His children. Minor matters matter. Not only individual matters, but but even insignificant matters. 
insignificant matters matter to God. Why do we think that God is only interested in those big, gigantic, important matters? Braden made a mistake. He made two. He left out uh, two God on the, on the title. Let's, let's everybody thr- thrash, thrash Braden right now. Thrash him. Come on. Help me. Thrash him. He can't stand me twice. He only, has to, he's only can only listen to me once. Insignificant matters. I'm a father. And I love it when my kids involve me in their matters. Especially when money's not involved. <laughs> Dad! Dad! What do you think about this? Dad! Dad! What do you think about that? Dad! Dad! Come! Come, Dad, and see what we're doing at the church. Dad, I want to show you what we're doing at the church. Dad, come and see what your grandkids are up to. Come, come see what your grandkids are doing, Dad. Come and come see what they're doing, Dad. Dad, come and see what we've done with our house. I love it when my kids involve me in insignificant matters. Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verse 6 and 7, Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? And not one of them is forgotten by God. You are much more important than a few sparrows. And Jesus said in Luke chapter 12 and verse 7 that God numbers the very hair on your head. Friend, if God has the hair on our head numbered, don't tell me that He's not into details. Don't tell me that insignificant matters don't matter if He even knows how much hair is on top of our head. He's a personal God. He is interested in us personally. The matters in our lives that, that seem insignificant to other people, they don't matter to other people at all, yet those are insignificant matters, but those insignificant matters matter to us. Hear me this morning, if it matters to us, it matters to God. I'll never forget several years ago in Midland, I had a few rental properties. And, and I remember one day I was over and we were trying to get a rent, one of the rent houses ready to, to rent to some, some, some people. And the, and the lady next door, she was a real uh, nice uh, widow lady. She attended one of the local Baptist churches there in Midland and just a real sweet, uh, real sweet uh, Christian lady. And, and I was talking to her one day in her front yard and I said, I'll tell you what we need to do. I said, well, I, you know, we, we, need to, we need to pray and we need to ask God that God uh, will give me a really good uh, renter that will take care of my rental property and pay their bills every month and that will be a good neighbor for you. Oh, you thought I offended her. She looked at me and she says, Oh, she said, I, I, I wouldn't ever, oh, I wouldn't ever pray anything like that. She said, I, I, I don't, Wow, God's way too busy to be concerned about my neighbor. God don't, I don't think God cares about who my neighbor is, but, but He does. He does. Amen. If it matters, if it matters to us, it matters to Him. 
I remember several years ago now hearing a, a preacher preach and, and he was preaching kind of like, not this sermon because believe me, it's brand new. It's hot off the press. But I, he was preaching that this kind of a message about God is interested in, in, in every detail of our life and he's a personal God and all of that. And then he gave an illustration and he said, hey, he said, God, he said, God uh, always gives me a parking space right in front of the front door everywhere I go. He told the congregation that. He said, God, he said, he, he, he gives me, a, he gives me a, a, a parking space right by the front door everywhere I go. That's how involved God is in my life. Well, after church, he was a guest preacher. After church, the pastor took this guest preacher to lunch. And he said, all right, preacher. He said, I heard you say this morning, I heard you say that, uh, that, that everywhere you go, God always gives you a parking space right in front of the front door. He said, where I am taking you to lunch today, it's a very popular place. He said, I usually have to walk six blocks uh, to get there. And said, I, you know, you're riding with me. I'm expecting a, I'm expecting a, a, a parking space in front of the front door. Preacher said, all right. Sure enough, they get to the place to eat. People standing all around. They drive up by the front door and there's not one parking space there at all. Preacher said to his guest speaker, says, what's all this? You said that God gave you a parking space everywhere you go. What's up, preacher? And this guest said, come on, man. Give God a little chance to work. Drive around the block. He drove around the block. His true story. Drove around the block one time. Sure enough, right in front of the front door, there was an empty space. He said, I don't mean to... He told the pastor, he said, I don't mean to be cheap, but he said, usually there's money in the parking meter. Some of you don't even know what a parking meter is. Second service really won't know what. Do you know what a parking meter is? Okay. He told the preacher, I, I don't mean, I don't mean to be cheap, but he said, usually there's already money in the parking meter. Sure enough, there was. What are you saying, preacher? Are you telling us today that, that God is some kind of a glorified Santa Claus and all we gotta do is just crawl up in his lap and just tell him about all the toys that we want in our life and, and we can know that God, Santa Claus, is gonna give us everything and all the gadgets and toys and do for us everything that we want him to do? No. I'm not. Am I telling you that every time I bring God in on some little old insignificant matter that He always comes through for me? No. But I am telling you that He does so just enough. He does so just enough that we can see His hand in our life. He does so just enough, just like a father who will do just enough for his kids, enough to bless them, enough to help them, enough to nurture them, but not enough to spoil them, not enough to, to ruin them, not enough to make them worthless. Minor matters matter to God. Amen? Insignificant. Say that with me. Insignificant. 
matters matter to God. Stand with me this morning. Stand with me this morning. Worship team, if you can get back in place this morning.